Welcome to the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summit, a series of 15 podcasts that present different aspects of a vegan lifestyle from some of the most prominent thought leaders in veganism. Perhaps you want to learn how to be a better advocate for animals. Maybe you want to feel confident about raising your family on a plant-based diet. Proudly sponsored by VegFund, the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summit's for you. Hello and welcome to the One Bite Vegan Food for Thought Summit. I'm your host, Emma Leticia, and in this episode, we're talking to certified holistic nutritionist, Dr. Ruby Lathan of Roadmap to Holistic Health. Dr. Ruby's life changed forever after being diagnosed with thyroid cancer several years ago. She embarked on a holistic healing journey, choosing natural treatments such as switching to a plant-based diet and is now cancer-free. She's made it her life's work to now help others to empower themselves and improve their health. So that's what we're going to find out a bit more about right now. Hi, Dr. Ruby. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. Good to speak with you. The pleasure. Let's uh, talk a little bit about what your diet and lifestyle was like prior to your cancer diagnosis. Sure. I just started with lifestyle because that kind of dictated the diet. Really busy all the time. I was, I was traveling quite a bit for work. So I just developed this habit of on-the-go type foods, you know, that you could microwave or grab and just open and I realized, you know, later, looking back, I wasn't eating a lot of fresh, whole foods. I was eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of dairy, a lot of eggs, and processed stuff. So that was really my primary diet. I wasn't eating a lot of meat, but it was still just microwavable things. So it was more heavy in the, the dairy and the eggs and occasional fish or something. So so I thought I was eating pretty healthy because I, you know, still looked for organic stuff and that kind of thing, but it really wasn't the priority. It was just what's quick and relatively healthy and take it from there. And lots of stress, I would say, too, with the job. Lots of stress, not a lot of me time, you know, with travel and things like that. So that was kind of just on the go all the time kind of lifestyle. Mm. It's quite interesting that you focus on stress because we're all so stressed these days, aren't we? And it's quite hard to get a handle on that. Uh, You say that you'd always believed in the body's ability to heal. And going through your own healing journey, what did you discover in your life that had been limiting your healing potential? I guess you're going to say stress. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of the things for sure. But really just not, I think the busyness, you know, we get caught in the busy lifestyle and, you know, we hear a lot of buzzwords like hustle and grind and, you know, 24-7, no days off, that kind of thing. Like, that's the great thing, especially if you're on social media and you follow certain people, it's like you have to sacrifice to get ahead and it's work, work work, the early bird gets the worm, who gets there first, you get, you're programmed with all of the stuff that says, don't take a break, or you're going to lose out. Don't take a break, or someone's going to get ahead. Don't take a break, or somebody else is going to get the resources that were for you. So you feel compelled to work, 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 and never take a break. And not only do you feel compelled to do that, you feel justified in doing it, because it's going to reap such a 
glorious reward at the end of that cycle. So I think I, I bought into the busyness equals success. And the harder I work, the more I grind it out, the bigger the success is going to be. So it's okay to sacrifice, you know, health, sleep, relationships, because it's all going to pay off. And I didn't think I was consciously sacrificing my health. It was just something I was doing, you know. So I think the busyness took away from any time to have mindfulness about what you're doing, as well as fulfillment. So it was just grind, 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 let's make the money, and everything else takes a backseat. So I think the lifestyle is more what was kind of impeding my healing journey that kind of actually helped bring on illnesses as opposed to, because I really, I wasn't sick before, so I really wasn't thinking about healing. So when I got into realizing I needed to heal, I knew I needed to slow down. I needed to get rid of the stress. And then I needed to believe that my body could heal on its own with assistance from everything I could do to, to make it well. So that, that encompassed a lot of things. So identifying firstly that you were probably burning the candle at both ends um, mm -hmm. was a big step in your healing protocol. What other steps did you take? Right. So absolutely burning the candle at the both ends and the middle, I felt like. so. Um, there was yeah, no wax so, left. Yeah. So I was on fumes. So that was the first thing. The second thing was the stress of it because there's the busyness of it. And sometimes if you're loving the busyness of it, then it's not stressful. But if you're not so much, then and there are other factors, then there's stress. So so I was stressed with the working relationships and scenario. So, and then I had to, you know, pause and think, okay, well, what am I eating that's actually would help my body to heal, you know, versus what am I eating just to fill up? And it became clear that I wasn't eating enough healing foods at all, that I needed to eat a lot more green foods, a lot more healthy foods, a lot more fresh foods. What uh -huh. was it exactly that made you, because for a lot of people, food is just food. What was it that made you equate food with health? I started studying. So I decided right away that I was going to use the natural methods to heal. So I had to figure out what that meant. So I started studying immediately from ground zero as to how to heal the body and naturally, specifically from cancer. And all the research I was pointing to was talking about green foods, the power of raw foods, the power of berries, the power of, you know, cabbage, greens, kale, the power of juicing, how all those things could boost your immune system so that it could do its job. So that was the trigger for me was education on, okay, it's not just not eating meat per se, because I was still eating a lot of animal products but it was the quality of the food and the volume of green because everything showed. And, and the thing about my research was I didn't have an agenda going in. I didn't say, Oh, I'm going to be plant-based or vegetarian or vegan. It was like, I'm going to try whatever the research that sounds somewhat reasonable to me. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So the research just bore it out that real food, food grown from the ground, 
more organic food with less pesticides or no pesticides would heal the body. So, you know, from things from sea vegetables and seaweed to, you know, high doses of mushroom extracts to eating mushrooms to getting a mega dose of greens through juicing. So the research showed that that, and it made sense, you know, it's like, here's what the body needs to heal the cells, to stop the breakdown of the cells, to repair the DNA of the cells comes from green, fresh foods and all of these other plant foods. So it made a lot of sense. And then when I started reading the science of dairy products and meat products and how it causes the body inflammation in the body and a lot of other things, and it doesn't have those healing properties. There was no research that showed if you drink three glasses of milk a day, you're going to get better. There was nothing like that, because if it had said that, I probably would have tried that. But Mm -hmm. what it showed was drinking several green juices a day would help your body. So that's the type of thing that I went for. And I did go to, I consulted with a lot of people, you know, naturopathic doctors, traditional doctors. And I went to a lifestyle treatment center to help me figure out how to use food to heal. And so I I got armed with all this information within the first five weeks of, of diagnosis. And that's what started the journey of, okay, let me look at what I was eating when I got home from this treatment center. You know, I was eating all whole foods, lots of vegetables and fruits and cabbage and kale and kiwi and things like that. Um, and aloe vera and all kinds of things. So I came home and I was like, oh, I've got to clean out the cabinet now of all this boxed, processed, refined flour food that's got to go along with all the dairy and egg products. So what were some of the most significant moments during your healing journey? There were several. So I would say one of the first ones is that I had to really take charge of the process and not feel like the process was leading me, like doctors telling me what to do versus what I felt in my gut I should do. That was a big one because that's what started the whole thing of I'm going to do this naturally was listening to my gut feeling to say, this is what I should do. It was a very strong inclination that was so strong. I just could not not follow it because I would have just been going against myself. And it's it's like, I have to do this. It was very compelling in my mind that this is what I should do. And a lot of times we have these inclinations to do things a different way, but we let other things scare us into doing it differently, the way that other people think what's best for you. When a lot of times, and most times, you kind of know what's best for you if you listen to that. So trusting myself, was the first thing that, okay, I feel like I should do this, so I'm going to do it this way. That was number one. And then number two was obviously learning the power of, about the power of just simple food was amazing to me. And then the third one was getting kind of more in touch with myself through meditation and visualization. So there's the power of food that is incredible. And then there's the power of the mind to heal the body, which is just as incredible. So I felt like if I put all these things together, then there's no way my body's not going to heal. Those were the kind of the the touch points, I'd say. And I kind of got to those things um, through like study and education. So I started reading when initially 
the food wasn't giving me every like healing me as fast as I should thought had thought it would. I said, what else am I missing here? And I felt like it was the mind body connection that you can't kind of disconnect the two. You can't live in fear and try to heal. And so I started reading books that would help educate me on that. And, um, so that really helped me figure out, okay, let's get in touch with self. Let's bring a sense of calmness to this. Let's let the fear go. And we do that through meditation, through faith, through prayer, whatever works for you. All of those things worked for me. Having that foundation of being able to let go of the fear, let me continue the process longer. Hmm. And that's really fascinating. And that holistic approach is something that is evident in your work and what you continue to bring to your clients. But what was it exactly that about your experience that inspired you to change your career and help others? It was just that I felt like what I did was simple, although difficult at the same time. Difficult because I had to research everything out from square one and figure this out. So that was the difficult part. But actually doing it wasn't that hard once you get on board with this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to eat. This is how the body, once I figured out this is how the body heals, this is how cancer generally forms. Once I figured those things out that made enough sense to me, then it was easier. So number one, I felt like people really need to know this. You know, this is a big deal. Um, that why wasn't I educated about this before that how powerful diet is? Why don't I know this? Why isn't this common knowledge? Why don't people know that the most devastating health conditions that we deal with every day can be avoided and reversed with food in most cases? People should know that. And I just wanted to like scream it from the top of a mountain like, <laughs> hey, you know, what is going on? This information is readily available, you know, on the internet and through other people who are holistic practitioners, but the general population is walking around asleep, not realizing that what they're eating is killing them, just as I didn't realize it. So I felt compelled to tell people this and then make it accessible because there's the telling of it and then how do you do it? And so I felt like, I want to do something in this space of healing and helping and not the work that I was doing, which it was almost in direct contradiction to that, which I was working in defense with weapon systems of optimizing weapon systems for war, which isn't my makeup. I'm a very peaceful person. I don't think, you know, I don't agree with most war, but not to get too political, but, you know, even though it's on the side of good, supposedly, ostensibly. So I would say I was living in contradiction to my soul mm. already, even when I accepted the job, but money was, you know, a driving factor. So, you know, growing up kind of a humble beginnings, I wanted more, you know, and I was like, this is an easy, you know, not so easy, you know, 10 years of school, a PhD in engineering isn't necessarily easy. But for me, it was like, this is my way to wealth. But I realized I was living contradiction to self. And so I said, I want to do something that helps in this area. That was the driving force. And it's like another compelling thing. You can't just sit on this. You can't just heal yourself of cancer and just kind of be like, okay, let's go back to work. It didn't feel right. So I had to do a drastic change. I quit my job. I moved to a new city. I just started over and reinvented my life. 
Mm. Kind of sounds like you didn't really have a choice anyway because it was almost like your life purpose was waiting to be discovered, not to sound too woo-woo or anything, but... Right. (laughs) I think so. It really was because I was asking these questions of myself, like, this can't be it. I'm supposed to be doing something more. I was like, even as you start making money and you take great trips and you have great friends, I was like, something is missing and I don't know what it is. I, I actually was like, what is my purpose? That question kept coming up over the years, like, what is my purpose? I don't feel like this is it. There's something more. And I think universe, God answered and said, here it is, you know, searching. You just had to get it the hard way, that's all. Right, (laughs) exactly. Because, you know, when you're on a train that is so defined of, okay, I've been programmed that I'm supposed to go, you know, do well in school, which I agree you should do, go to college, get a good education, get a good job, start a family. That is the program that's been given to me since day one. So I'm doing it. And I'm thinking as I do this, things are going to just open up and blossom into, yes, this is my purpose. But it wasn't quite like that, you know, so to get off of that train, because I feel like you're on a train when you're, when you're not really thinking and getting in touch with yourself, you're just going along with society and the norm, which most people are tend to operate from because we don't know what else to do. But when you take time out to meditate and get in touch with yourself, you get to figure it out. And that's what taking the break from work and busyness allowed me to do was to jump off the train for a minute and say, wait a minute, I get to choose life in whatever form I want. I don't have to stay on this track if I don't want to, even though I've invested a lot of time and energy in it, I don't have to stay here. I can change tracks. So I think for me, it was going to take a life or death situation to change tracks because I was set up for this. I was like, because people thought I was a little nuts that I would leave an engineering degree after going through a PhD in engineering and a master's in computer science and engineering and a bachelor's in computer science. Obviously, I'm vested in this career path. (laughs) So when I said I'm done, I'm not doing this anymore. It was like, are you bananas. And I don't think I would have been able to step out of it comfortably, not that it was comfortable, but as comfortable as I did in my mind, any other way. And I think that's one of the reasons this manifested itself. Mm. No, it's, it's a fantastic story. And um, that has also led you to work with the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. And I read that you led a national initiative to improve child nutrition and prevent chronic disease with an emphasis on plant-based options in the national school lunch program. What kind of results did you achieve with this? And were there any kind of barriers, like political barriers that you came up against when you were trying to do that work? Hmm. There are lots of political barriers. I thought there might be. (laughs) (laughs) You would think something as wholesome and good as let's improve school lunches would be like a no-brainer. Let's get kids to eat plant food. Seems like a pretty non-political stance, right? (laughs) But the food industry here in the U.S. is not non-political, So there are a lot of subsidies uh, that are taxpayer dollars 
go-to for farm animals and for the production of meat and dairy products. So if you start promoting on a national level that we're going to displace some of these meat and dairy products with plant foods that doesn't necessarily have a lobby or there's no direct organization that gains from that, then you have pushback when you shouldn't, when it's obvious that this is a good thing for kids and the health of the country, you get pushback because there are people who who will lose money. And you get pushback because those people who will lose money pressure their Congress people and senators to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah, so we were met with a lot of resistance, you know, like I said, something that's so wholesome and good where everybody should be, yeah, kids should eat more plant foods. It was like, yeah, this is great, but I live in a cheese state. Or this is great, but dairy is, you know, one of our main constituents here, dairy farmers. So those are the kind of things that we came up against that even though they agreed, because we did a lot of lobbying in Congress because there are bills, the farm bill and other bills that actually dictate oh, some of what goes into school lunches. So you have to start at the top to get these changes made. We met resistance because of that. No one thought it was a bad idea. They just weren't going to sign their name into it until everyone else did. So, And if it was going to directly impact their state's main commodity, it was going to be a no-go. So we had to get a lot of grassroots support for this and pushing this. We had to get schools on board to try it on their own uh, with their own school lunch money to see how successful it would be. We'd have to teach them how to launch it in their schools so the parents would be comfortable and the kids would like it. The kids always liked it. That was the easiest part. It was convincing the adults around this that this was a good thing. So we helped a lot of schools introduce plant-based options to their, their lunch line. We did get legislation introduced to improve school lunches and include more plant-based options. We didn't get it passed because that would have been quite a miracle, but you know, raising the awareness there was a big deal. And just um, we've worked with you know, suppliers and producers also to let folks know this is something that is viable and that kids need, so. Mm. And that in itself is quite, it says a lot, doesn't it, about how if you just kind of go with the flow and take whatever is recommended by the government and these bodies, it's not always in your best interest health-wise because there's somebody that's standing there like getting paid to say certain things. You're exactly right. And that's why we are our health, the health of the country bear and just general health, poor health kind of bears that out. When you look at the health outcomes here, how many people are living with debilitating diseases that are lifestyle and food related, we clearly see that the norm and the status quo and the recommendation food pyramid are not serving us at all. Because if it were, we wouldn't be increasing in these diseases. Uh, we'd be decreasing them. So it's clear that that's not working. But yet you have people who put so much faith in, in the government. Just to, I guess they're just not aware of the large body of lobbyists and special interest groups that make sure things stay the way they are. Because there is a large other group that not only benefits from those industries, the dairy industry, the meat industry, but there's the byproduct of that. 
if we have more people sick, then we have more people who need medications forever. So there's that side of it too that has a large interest in this. So if you start shaking up something quite dramatically that's actually going to change things, you're going to meet resistance. So people need to understand that there's a lot that goes into these national organizations and the FDA and the USDA that gets sullied along the way, no matter how good the intentions of the actual individuals that work there, they often don't have the power to make sound real recommendations that are going to be beneficial. Mm. Yeah, it's quite frightening, really. Um, mm-hmm. let's, let's kind of bring it upbeat a bit now. Oh, okay. I, was, I was really excited when I sat down to watch What the Health, and I saw you on What the Health. I was like, yeah, <laughs> Ruby, I, I've interviewed her before. I know. Right, right. <laughs> what was that experience like? It was great. You know, when, when we shot the film and my segment, it was early in the process. So really didn't have any idea how successful and hard hitting the film was going to be. I just, you know, went, you know, was asked to tell my story and I was able to do that. And, you know, they were the production team, you know, Kip Anderson and Keegan Kuhn are such great storytellers and filmmakers. They just put together such a compelling story that it has made an incredible impact on people waking up and understanding there's reasons why we don't know what I found out on my own. There's reasons why it's not common knowledge how detrimental an abundance of animal products is to our health. The movie was, you know, being a part of that was incredible. Um, Like I said, I only saw my segment when I shot it, but then when we got the early viewing of it, I knew immediately that it was going to be going to have such a huge impact because just watching it put together, I had never seen a film break it down the way that we were able to do. And so I was like, oh, this is going to have an impact because I felt it immediately watching the film myself. I was like, wow, this is going to be good. This is going to be good for everyone. But we still didn't realize it was going to have the impact it did. And when it hit net, Flicks, it just went like wildfire because there are a lot of private viewings all over the country at you know theaters. But then on Netflix, everything went up. I started getting like hundreds of emails and things like that. And you know, I had to bring extra people on to handle that because it was like, wow, there's so much people reaching out and wanting help and information. It was huge. And I get emails still today, every day about people who have changed their diet like immediately after seeing the film. They were like, that was the last time I ate chicken. Or someone said, I was eating chicken while watching the movie and had to put it down. They were like, I am done. And and I've gotten emails from people like, you know, I watched the movie a month ago or two months ago and I feel so much better. I went vegan immediately. Or people like, how can you help me? It's been amazing, the response to it. And it's changed so many lives including mine and being able to reach more people. So it was awesome to be a part of that. It's a fantastic film and a fantastic resource for people wanting to empower themselves. So let's go back to some of the work that you do. If someone's looking to improve their health, what would be your best tips for the first steps they should take? So the first step is really a mental step of understanding that your body can heal itself 
with natural means. I'm not saying you shouldn't do anything that's uh, traditional. I'm not saying that at all. You can do that and combine it with healthy eating. But I think the first thing to understand is that when you give your body healthy things, you reap the benefits of that. So that as you go into these lifestyle changes, which can be difficult, then you remember why you're doing it in the first place. And you know that you will get results because there, it's not an if this works. It's a when this works, you know, it's not like, oh, if I eat lots of vegetables and greens and get rid of junk out of my diet and get rid of lots of meat out of my diet and get rid of dairy, then nothing's going to happen. That almost never happens. So it's not an if, it's a when. So once you realize that the changes that you're making are going to pay off, then it gives you the fortitude to stick with it. And that's usually what causes people to kind of fall off the wagon, so to speak, is not understanding that this isn't a diet, this isn't a temporary thing, this is a lifestyle change that reaps lifelong results, then it lets you continue the process a little more comfortably and know that it is a process and it's not about perfection right off the bat. So the mental piece, getting your mind wrapped around that is what's important because if you just jump into making changes, generally you don't stick with it if you don't have the foundation for that. So that's number one. And then number two, the simple, the most simple thing I would say is to eat more green, period. So that means trying to eat green at every meal. If you're a person who only eats like a side of veggies, we got to add some salads. We got to add more vegetables to your diet and let that displace a lot of the junk, which it will do because the fiber fills you up and helps clean you out and, you know, starts there. So just eating more green is like the first step to better health. I think that's important even for for some of us long-term vegans, it's quite easy to get into the whole convenience thing. Oh, it's vegan. Pick up a package right. thing. Um, right. you know, we, that's an important message for all of us. So tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about what people could expect or how they can benefit from working with you and your team. My organization is Roadmap to Holistic Health. And, and that's exactly what we developed for you is a roadmap to health to help you either just transition to a healthier lifestyle or to help alleviate conditions that you're dealing with. We help people with that roadmap to give you, here's, here's how to do it. Here's the support you need. We're here to coach you through that process and to give you those resources to get it done. It's from, you know, simple things like people who just want to go vegan. We have resources for that. Or if you want coaching to do that, but we have, you know, think people who are dealing with kidney failure or, or diabetes and things who want to get off those medications and heal, then we work together to make that happen as well. So it's just, you know, wherever you are in the journey, we're there to help you reach there effectively and faster. Perfect. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Dr. Ruby, thank you so much for spending the time to talk with us and for doing all of the work you do. You're amazing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad and happy that I'm on this path and living in the purpose so that I can uh, help other people find theirs as well and live their healthiest life so they can do that without having to go through such traumatic events. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you so much. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Ruby Latham's work and find out how to connect with her and her team, please click on her bio link in today's email. You'll find details about her website plus links to her social media accounts too. Finally, thank you so much for listening and being part of the One Bite Vegan Summit. Remember, one bite is all it takes to make a change. Thank you for listening and being part of the One Bite Vegan Summit. Be sure to keep up to date with the latest One Bite Vegan online events and free resources, including the One Bite Vegan blog and digital magazine by connecting with us via our website, onebitevegan.com. Remember, one bite is all it takes to make a change.